Are you conscious of your addiction? Refuse to be defined by it? Not satisfied with living your life on the surface? Are you drawn to deeper meaning and purpose? And believe that it's possible to grow through your addiction to experience true freedom? Well, welcome home. Share the journey from addiction to freedom with your host, Michael Gregory. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Addiction to Freedom. I'm here with Michael Gregory, Puss, <laughs> and myself, Deborah. And today we're going to be talking about the biggest thing that's holding you back from taking action. So, Michael, I want to have a chat to you about this. <laughs> Tell me. What do you think is one of the biggest things that would hold someone back from taking action? In relation to dealing with an addiction, I think probably the biggest thing is there's a lot of, there's a few things, but let's say the biggest thing, the most impactful thing I think is just the, you could call it a deep sense that there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me because I even, I have this addiction for starters and other people have, given up or transformed out of their addiction and I haven't and I've tried to overcome it and I haven't been able to so the conclusion is there must be something wrong with me and I don't think it's necessarily a a logical conclusion and I don't even know I don't even think that that's this is actually very necessarily conscious in most people but but it has an impact you can see it has an impact have yeah. you seen an impact like this happen um, with any of your clients? Oh, over and over. Well, I mean, let's say, for example, I mean, it can actually stop someone from even engaging in dealing with an addiction in the first place. So putting it off, thinking, you know, kind of deluding yourself to thinking everything's okay. I can deal with it later. I'm not ready. Wait till the time is right kind of thing. I mean, that that's debilitating in itself because you don't you don't actually engage to take action. That's the first thing. I mean, I, I've got, I remember this story of this guy, client, his, well, first of all, his best mate smoked two packets of cigarettes a day and he came to see us and went through the program, stopped smoking, and his best mate, who he'd known for, I don't know, his whole life, let's say, 20, 30 years, he also smoked heavily. So the one who'd quit gave our phone number to the other guy. So this other guy, what happened with him is he put our phone number in his wallet and, and basically kept it for a whole year without taking any, didn't call us. And finally, at the end of the year, he, he called us and he went through the program, stopped smoking. And I just happened to be talking to him and he told me this story that he'd had the phone number in his wallet for a whole year. And, and I said, well, why didn't you saw your best friend? smoking two packets a day, stop smoking, why did you leave it a year to call us? Because he was saying, oh, I wish I'd called you a year ago. And he said, well, I don't know, I just didn't feel ready. And, and I said, well, what, did you, what do you mean? I mean, you saw your friend do it. And he said, well, I don't know, I just, and I just didn't feel like it was going to work for me at the time. So what changed between then and now <laughs> that, he, that he finally did make that decision? Well, I actually asked him, I said, why, why did you actually, what made you call us? He said, oh, nothing. I mean, no, there's no change. Mm-hmm. He said, I just, it was just a year, another year had gone by and I thought I'd better do something. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So he went through the program, Stop Smoking, and, I mean, essentially he kind of disqualified himself from it working, even though he said he'd seen his friend do it. He thought somehow he was different and he never really, didn't really have any reason to think that. He didn't have any answers for that. When I asked him what, what, what had changed, he just took action because he hadn't taken action. That was his reasoning. But, but what was holding him back was something else. Obviously, if you see your best friend stop and you think, I want to quit, or you think, wow, I'd be jumped straight there. But this happens all the time. It's, people get stopped in even engaging. That would have serious consequences down the track, I can imagine, if you already have that belief to start with, not allowing yourself to take that first step. Consequences would people be coming up against? Well, there's really, there's really consequences all the way along. Like, as in, I said, the first one is not engaging. Like, it, the reason why people don't engage, well, it's, just, it's the same reason all the way along, but, but let's say another, another consequence is even if you start to engage in a program, you might find yourself not fully engaging, like actually not being able to face doing whatever steps are required, even if they're not hard. Let, let's say it's like watching a video. You know, uh, there are people who I know who we, you know, get them to watch a series of videos and they can't face sitting down and watching those videos, even a 10-minute video, even though they probably watch hours of Netflix every day, let's say. And, and so what's going on is that because they, they believe that there's something wrong with them, they also believe that, I use the word belief loosely, because I think it's a lot deeper than a conscious belief, that essentially that there's going to be pain when they fail because the consequence of it not working is feeling shame, feeling hopeless, feeling just like huge disappointment and maybe there's even effort gone in and so the disappointment of, of not seeing a result for the effort. Which then I guess could reinforce that belief even more. Totally, totally, that's right because... So and then, and then you've got the subconscious fight or flight reaction that comes in and and basically is try, constantly it's constantly operating all day every day trying to prevent us from doing things or that are going to lead to pain and suffering even on an emotional level like shame is a huge motivator if someone gets shamed or they feel shame they're going to want to avoid that because it's a hugely painful thing and or just feeling like a failure that people, you don't want to feel that. But when you don't believe something's going to work and you don't engage, so that's a flight reaction. So fight is, we'll be getting, you know, really rah, motivated and maybe even, you know, I'm just going to do this, you know, but, and flight is more like, I'm going to avoid this. <laughs> it's not even, I, not even a thought about it. It's like just procrastinate. And so that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that even when you start to engage in it, and this takes over, you see, see, I can't do it. This always happens to me. I can't do it. There's something wrong with me because I can't even engage. And then there might be things where you're trying to engage but you're not really taking it in because without realising you're missing bits and then when you don't quite fully understand because fight or flight, even if it's on a subtle level, it's kind of a stressful thing. And when you're stressed, you don't really, you're not fully attentive. You're not really taking things really focusing clearly and you're not really taking things in as well as you could so you can miss stuff and then you see all these other people succeeding and moving progressing along and you're not it seems to reinforce that belief or when I use that loosely this kind of sense that there's there's got to there's 
oops, I'm different, there's something wrong with me. And could you go a little bit deeper into why is that not true? Why are these beliefs not true? Okay, just thinking how to do that. Um, <laughs> well, there's... Well, how, or how can people overcome these thoughts if they're not true? Yeah, well, let's start with why it's not true. So first of all, this sense, I'll call it, that there's something wrong with me, we weren't born with that. That's something that has developed along the way somehow. So it's not part of our essential nature to have a sense that there's something wrong with me. I think most of us have some sense of that, and there's varying degrees of it, but I, think, I don't think we're born with it. And I don't think it's actually even necessarily true because when you make such a generalised statement, what part of that is true? Like all of me? Is something wrong with all of me? Or is there specifically something that I'm missing? In which case, I could learn that. Or, you know, I could pick, you know, that could be, or if I can, if it's something I can't change, well, then I can adapt. So specifically, yes, there might be something wrong or different. But when you say generally, there's something wrong with me, I mean, that is a big, for me, that there's big warning bells that that's just a, not accurate. But then if we're talking about, let's say, who, let's say a person like you or me, who is the person that has something wrong, right? Let's say, let's say I say that there's something wrong with me. Well, what, who's saying that, if you know what I mean? Like there's someone saying that and then they're saying that about me. I'm saying that about myself. Well, what self is that? Because obviously the one saying it is not necessarily is free enough to say that. You know what I mean? Well, basically what I'm saying is, is that there's, there's what the view of ourselves, who we believe ourselves to be, you know, my name, my history, my beliefs, my likes and dislikes. All of these are my dreams and hopes. All of these are changeable. Well, I guess memories, you know, memories stay that perhaps stay the same, but although you can see memories in a different light in hindsight, can't you? So even that's changeable. So a lot of those things are changeable, but who is who is observing all of that, who is present with all of that all the time is not changeable in the sense that who is present, me, is who is aware. And and that that awareness which is me doesn't have any fear about the future. Well, in fact, I mean, the future is an idea. It's a it's an imaginary situation. Set of it's like a, it's like a movie that we haven't seen the rest of it yet. Let's say, but right now, that's an imagination, isn't it? So and 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 the same for the past. Although that's kind of a movie or a set of movies which we say has a different quality called happened. <laughs> but it's only ever alive now. Both viewing both of those movies. So would you be saying that the beliefs we have about the future are not real? Well, they're real in the sense that they can be an imagined reality and we can have an emotional reaction to that imagined reality right now, feeling it now, which we then falsely used, the fight or flight can falsely use that to validate that negative future as if it's really definitely going to happen now because it's already happening because I'm feeling that reaction. But all of that, 
would say it's a lot of that's a bad habit, <laughs> not necessarily in sync with the truth of who we are, and in fact that right now that future isn't present uh, only as an imagination. So it's not present like we're present, and we're, when we're really when we're we're present here, if we just stay with that, there actually is no danger right now. Like fear is, if you forget about imagining the negative future, let's say you're able to forget about that, then you wouldn't have a fear reaction to it. And right now, so fear isn't inherently present right now. That's what I'm saying. It's a kind of a manufactured thing. So what we are, like putting aside the manufactured stuff, there is no fear involved. So that's why it's not true. And, and so fear about me having something wrong, that's a set of ideas. But the actual experience of being aware, that doesn't change. So there's nothing wrong with it or right with it. So, I mean, I think that's the root of why it's not true. Okay. And then can people overcome this? If you think it's partly a habit, with all your experience in the work you do, do you have any advice on how people could possibly overcome these beliefs that are holding them back from taking action. Okay, so let's make it really concrete. Like we're talking about somebody, let's say me or you, wanting to make a change and then there's something that's holding us back. And whenever we go to try and sometimes we keep avoiding it or let's say we get to the point of taking some action but then find a struggle... So what do we do about that? Is that? That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And you can use me as an example. You could, for example, use me in the way I approached my surfing lesson the other day. <laughs> that was fear holding me back for a long time there. Okay. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I'd been wanting to learn how to surf for a long time, but I had this fear of looking like I didn't know what I was doing in front of other people. And it was really holding me back. And for me, that was very real that... I couldn't fail at doing this new thing because I would look very silly. And uh, so I was very nervous getting out in the water. And uh, you happened to encourage me to go out there. So yeah, use me as an example. What would you tell me? How to overcome that fear that I'm not good enough and I shouldn't be out there doing this? Well, how did you? What happened that allowed you, that you allowed yourself to, to give it a go? So what happened was that day I thought about how much longer I actually have left on this planet, funny enough that you ask, and I realised that... Did you work it out? Roughly. (laughs) (laughs) As best as I could, I guess. And I figured, well, if I don't start now, when am I going to start? Am I going to wait another year? Like that guy. Or am I going to wait another 10 years? Yeah. Is there going to be a day where I look back and I go... I had an opportunity and I missed it. Yeah. And I figured out that regretting would have been worse than actually experiencing the fear that I thought I was going to have when I was actually going to do this. Okay. So you had, I can hear that you kind of weighed up possible regret, which is pain and suffering, versus the pain and suffering of looking silly, which is what you said. Let's say, and you weighed those two things up and you decided that the pain of regret would be more than the pain of looking silly. Okay, that's on the rational level, right? Mm -hmm. 
But on another level, what was motivating this analysis? I really wanted to experience what it was like to be out there in the water and, and catch those waves. Okay, so staying with that, I really wanted to experience what it would be like. So there's something, some motivation within you that wanted to experience something new. There's a, let's call it, we just, that was, whatever that was, was actually causing you to face this fear of looking silly. So that was already in you, that's, that was already there. This, I'll call it a, a, a movement for growth was already present, yeah? And it, it had been there for some time because I know that we'd had conversations <laughs> about you're going to come out today. Yes. So it had been there for some time and this movement for growth, let's say, or which involves some change, some moving out of comfort zone, that was obviously growing in itself. Yeah? Yes, definitely. Can you recognise now we're talking about it? Absolutely. Something I wanted to learn for a long time. And, and so it got to this point where it caused you to start to think more seriously about doing it, which then resulted in this, you know, it could have resulted in all sorts of things, but it resulted for you in this, this kind of weighing up this pain versus that pain. Driving around with my board in my car for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, there was even a movement there, a motivation for you to go and buy that board. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so this was growing in you for some time and it finally kind of overflowed into action. So coming back to the question about how, what would I suggest for someone to overcome this kind of thing? And that is, first of all, let's recognize that, there, that we all have this movement for growth. I think it's natural that the, the life that we have, let's just call it that, there is a force for change there. Just like, you know, everything that's alive, there is a, a force to, to be alive. And I think part of that is to grow into more of what we are already. So in this case, for you, it's, you know, to experience what it would be like in the ocean and, and but also that overcoming you know, there's fear of looking silly. And I think that's really good because, that, you know, because we all fall off. <laughs> I fell off a few times today, you know, but embracing that as a normal thing allows us to actually grow. So I think having a, recognizing that as a truth, that that is already within each person, this movement for growth, this is what has brought someone, let's say, here, it's brought someone to think about change. It's brought someone to engage in a course or have a conversation. So gain some confidence that there is already a movement for change and growth already inherent. And like we always want to just make stuff happen. We always create a conceptual timeline and compare ourselves with other people. And I think it's really important that we don't really do that. Like it's useful, but... Not if it's debilitating. Not if the comparison is kind of comparing apples with oranges. You know, and in a sense, like, whenever we compare ourselves with somebody else, it's always comparing apples with oranges because we're both not oranges. <laughs> you know, we, we both don't have the same history. We ha both haven't had the same life experience. 
the same, we haven't developed the same understanding, perhaps the same experiences of learning and growing. And I, I think there's that saying about, you know, we all, let's say we're all walking along a path, right? Well, while we're walking along that path together, we're all going along the same path, but we're all placing our feet in different places. We don't all place our feet in exactly the same place. So, so we're walking in our own, we're having our own individual walk at the same time as we're all growing or growing in this same direction or the people that are engaging in this thing, right? So I think recognising that we're different and therefore we can't compare. Like it's very tempting because there is a part of us that wants to compare and wants to be better and wants to be accepted and, and all of that. But that, that, that can be very undermining when what we think equals success is somebody else is already, you know, where we want to be. And then, and then we take that as a negative, like, oh, see, something wrong with me. But actually, the very fact that you're walking on the path, engaging in it, there's already a force to it. Like, conf take confidence in that, I think. That's the first thing. And the second thing is to really try to be understanding about allowing ourselves to walk our own path, giving some grace and acceptance and compassion towards ourselves. And I guess that comes with perhaps not judging someone else as better or worse, because as soon as we do that, we're judging ourselves as better or worse. Like a big thing would be, and I know it's not obvious to everyone or even possible, but I do think, well, I do think it's possible, but I think it's in, in the sense that people, you can engage in it. And that is to start to appreciate just what it's like to just be me, like in the sense of, I'm not talking about me, me, the constructed me, I'm talking about me as in this awareness that is here, you know, just to sit with that. And that is inherently peaceful. And that's inherently okay. Like there's no there to be happier. Like there's not, it's not going to be happier there than here because that's just an idea. Because, you know, theoretically, if we could somehow <laughs> be there, which we can't because we're always here, but we'd, we'd actually be here. And here is where we are. So, like, you know, I know it sounds... No, no, I'm getting you. Yeah. So the here, where we are, this is the place of happiness. So while well, we always, you know, we have these ideas and plans and desires to grow, but along the way, let's not kind of make ourselves deficient until we get there. Do you know what I mean? Like comparing, like, I'm, I'm going to be okay when I get there. When I, when I make this change, I'll be okay. Therefore, I'm not okay now. That's a horrible place to be when we already are okay right now and we are evolving and we are growing and changing. So a kind of a, starting off from a, a more relaxed appreciation of that we are already having confidence that we already are okay. There is this growth, movement to growth already, which we didn't make. It comes with us. I think that's a good place to start kind of sit with that and then maybe take smaller steps because sometimes the faster steps bring up more fight or flight so if that's happening just take smaller steps and be okay with that we don't have to be like the other we don't have to be like the other fruits <laughs> you know we can just be what we are and walking our own and enjoying each step and if you do have a setback 
Well, actually, that's how we learn because, like, we calibrate that that's not the direction and be thankful for that. And that's actually a normal way of growing. I could go on about that, but let's keep it shorter. But essentially, we have to embrace what we might call a wrong direction in order to find out what is, like, when you're balancing. Whenever you're balancing, you're never perfectly still. That means you're always out of balance. So balancing really is a process of constantly adjusting the whole time, a flow of readjustment the whole time. So we have to, I mean, that's a good thing to embrace that. I think we've kind of, even if we haven't talked about everything, I think we've probably spent enough time. Enough time on the biggest insecurity that prevents you from taking action. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for explaining all that. Well, and also for you to offer your experience of, but it was fun, wasn't it? Oh, it was so much fun, and yeah. I learned so much, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, going to come every day now. I will do my best <laughs> to come every day and learn and learn. Yeah. All right. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.